Hi everyone, Master Jedi Colleen here, co-host of Bohemian Geek Studies and yet another Star Wars podcast. But I'm not only a podcaster, I'm also an author. My second novel was published last fall and it debuted as number one horror novel on Amazon, which was really cool. If you like Stephen King, weird happenings in small towns, or just looking for a new writer, give my novel The Falls a try. It's set in Minnesota where everyone wears that nice facade. Nothing is ever what it seems. Find the Falls by Colleen McMillan on Amazon and the Between the Lines publishing website. Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week we preview and review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course our fellow critics and podcasters. The Nomcast is available on nomcastpod.com or wherever you get your podcasts on the socials at nomcastpod and is a part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello there. I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. We're nerds who love science fiction and fantasy stories, so of course, we love Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So each episode, we journey to a galaxy far, far away to discuss what's new in the Star Wars canon and beyond. This is yet another, oh my yes, Star Wars podcast. <laughs> yes, and this week we are journeying Ooh. to a luscious green new planet to discuss the sixth episode of the Disney Plus series, The Book of Boba Fett, titled Chapter 6, From the Desert Comes a Stranger. I love this episode. Yes. This episode was written by John Favreau and Dave Filoni and then directed by Dave Filoni. Colleen, are you ready to grab that Beskar shirt, throw the lightsaber at Luke's head, and go out and find your dad? Yep, chuck it at his head, Grogu, run, get out of there. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to punch it, get right into it with an episode recap. So we open on Cobb freaking Vanth <laughs> interrupting <laughs> some pikes, running spice through his hmm. town. I'm going to say I wield this into the universe <laughs> by the sheer power <laughs> of my brain. <laughs> When I saw it, I was just like, holy crap. All right. All right. We're going right into this. Awesome. <laughs> After giving them the chance to just walk away, he shoots three of them with only two shots. He only fires Wild. twice. Yeah. Wild <laughs> shit. Mm-hmm. But he lets the fourth one drive off, leaving the spice behind, which he could probably use to retire and buy his own city, but he just lets it scatter to the winds. So then we cut over to Din flying down on this lovely new green planet. He finds R2-D2 <laughs> overseeing some ant droids, building a stone <laughs> structure. It's just so adorable. I love R2. He's so cute. He's so cute. I love yeah. him. <laughs> he wastes no time and says he's there to see Grogu. And R2 wastes no time in shutting down. The androids yeah. then build him a bench to wait on, and he pulls his absolute best dad move, lies down, and takes a nap. Is that a bench? <laughs> R2's already turned off at this point. <laughs> I thought they were spider droids at first, and I was, like, freaking out. And then I'm like, wait, six legs, it's ants. Ants are cute. This is fine. <laughs> Had, like, a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids flashback. Aw, Andy. Right. I know. I love it. <laughs> Speaking about crying about animals, fine. Meanwhile, Luke mm, is meditating with Grogu, who just wants to eat some damn frogs. Let him eat the frog. Someone, God, Luke shows Grogu some of the things that he will be able to do if he masters his own powers. 
They take a walk and Luke tells Grogu about Master Yoda, very cute, and helps the little guy to remember his past. Not maybe the best idea, but I guess we're going there. Uh, we no, he needs to do this. He needs to do this. He does need to purge and remember what happened. It's just like, oh my God, it's so traumatizing. <laughs> I mean, I'd be traumatized if this happened, but I would honestly, if I were Grogu, I would also be offended that Luke is like force pushing you along on this walk. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's just like holding his hand and swinging him. (laughs) Like he is old, Luke. Come on, show some respect. We get a flashback to Order 66, where three Jedi fall to the 501st and they're protecting Grogu. (laughs) Luke notes the galaxy is dangerous and he'll teach Grogu to protect himself. So Din wakes up from his nap. He's on the bench and he's greeted by Ahsoka Tano, which blew my freaking mind when, I saw mm-hmm. when it happened. Hot vamp, R2, Luke, Ahsoka. I was like, wow. <laughs> Just going for it this episode. And she reveals that uh, R2 actually sent for her and specifically brought him to her when he arrives. They take a walk through the woods and Din is stating he wants to see the kid. He's there for Grogu. And Ahsoka's like, I mean, I'll let you if that's what you really want. But she's doing everything she can to discourage him without actually discouraging him. Mm-hmm. She notes that Grogu does, in fact, miss Din a ton. But if they see each other, it's really going to make the ultimate decision harder. So she ultimately, her kind of way of thinking prevails. She takes Din's little present that still looks like Grogu's head. <laughs> Uh, and he decides to leave. Cut to Grogu seeing his papa fly off in the distance. And you know that he knows it's him. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. <laughs> Luke and Grogu continue their training, complete with montage of Luke carrying Grogu on his back, adorable, and flipping through the woods a la Dagobah. Grogu starts to make progress, learning to jump, flip, and take out a training remote. Great stuff that was shooting at him. I would do the same, Grogu. Ahsoka notes that Grogu is making progress, but Luke says that it's more like he's remembering than being taught. Ahsoka and Luke part ways. Hmm. After a very interesting conversation. More on yes, that in a little bit. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so Din gets back to Tatooine. Fennec is giving a rundown of the whole Pike situation. They're gathering and moving into Mos Espa and all of the territories. But Boba's crew, between Din and Black Kersantan, like, they have enforcers. They can do pretty well, but they need some foot soldiers. So Din thinks he might be able to help with that. He goes to Mos Pelga, um, I'm excuse, excuse me, Freetown. <laughs> Freetown. Freetown to meet with Cobb. <laughs> Cobb really is just not interested in dragging his people into another fight, which, respect, okay. But he agrees to put it out there to everybody. If anybody wants to join this fight, he'll at least pass on the message. Mm-hmm. Din leaves, and Cobb notices someone walking in from the desert. He tells his deputy to get inside, just as Cad Bane <laughs> comes out. This was the one that I was just like, there's no, no way. No, no, what? Oh, my God, they're doing it. They really they're are. After it. all of this, <laughs> they are doing it. <laughs> Uh, mm. Cad tells Cobb that the Pikes will match whatever Boba Fett's paying him just to stay out of it. Pretty much what Boba asked of all of the family leaders last episode or two episodes mm-hmm. ago, whenever the last time we had a significant time with Boba was. <laughs> the deputy tries to help with this whole thing, but ends up causing a shootout. Cad shoots Cobb, definitely kills the deputy, 
and moves on yeah. really kills him and the guy totally had it coming yeah he did that was really stupid does this look like someone you should draw on no stop mm. just like cobb said he's new well not, not anymore now he's dead Ugh. next back in most Isley, a couple pikes walk into sanctuary they refuse having their helmets cleaned and garson notes their odd behavior they leave without saying a word, but leave behind a nasty little surprise. The sanctuary blows up in a huge ball of flames. I was so Pour sad. one out. Like, I was like, no. no. I'm like, oh. I'm like, please tell me somebody like shielded Garson with their body no. and she's going to be okay. Cut back to Luke and Grogu. After this horrific scene, <laughs> Max Rebo, is he okay? We don't know. As far as I can tell, everyone seems to agree that Max Rebo was not present. (laughs) Yes. This is a big thing, everyone. Twitter was a light. Twitter was a light, and not enough people were worried about Garza. I know. I was like, but what about Garza? She deserves everything. (laughs) So we're back with Luke and Grogu, and Luke presents Grogu with a choice. The Beskar chainmail shirt. So cute. Perfect little size. Yoda's small lightsaber Hmm. his choice will determine the path he takes moving forward and the episode ends with a little baby contemplating his future like oh my god (laughs) kind of reminded me of how they choose the avatar yes when the little kid goes and choose like the toys it's like "Mm." (laughs) that's immediately what i thought of too like poor baby Tell me, there's also kid. something else uh, and i'm i feel really bad that i can't remember what it is it's a movie or a show that i saw really recently where they have um this guy shows up at like some family friends new baby um party and they have like all of the the items and it's like oh the girl she has to like crawl and whatever she picks will like determine her future like if she goes for money she's going to be into business if she goes for this then it'll Mm -hmm. mean that she's meant to be a doctor and all this other stuff that's cool Mm -hmm. unless you pick wrong (laughs) well that that, that, i I feel bad i can't remember what it was i go into a couple of details about because the guy is (laughs) the guy who's like going to this party is absolutely completely messed up i'm pretty sure he's drunk and or high and or got into like a mob fight so he's all like bruised or whatever and the they're like kind of nudging the baby he's like no that's cheating that's cheating (laughs) let the baby do what it wants okay back on track this does sound interesting though (laughs) we're getting to our overall reactions and holy shit (laughs) what an episode i was really worried that floney would make me mad and he sure did (laughs) In a good way, though, like it's very good for the story, Ugh, even though it frustrated me quite a lot. <laughs> like, so, I know the story seems to have fractured off into different branches at this point, but I still have faith that they're going to bring together. There were a lot of surprises here, a lot of heartbreak. I liked the direction where it seems like this is going. I really want Grogu to choose Din, really, instead of the Jedi. Although I'm sure we'll continue to see him use his powers or maybe he'll be like, why not both? And like, take both of them and use his new jumping power and jump away. <laughs> Sorry, Luke, he gets both. I'm, mm. I loved seeing Cobb Vamp again, of course. 
and that seeing him without his armor, that he's vulnerable, that made me very nervous. I'm like, well, he's either going to get shot or die in this episode because they keep bringing up that he has no armor. Oh my God, I want Garza to be alive. I'm not okay <laughs> with that. I think Cobb is still alive. It wasn't really a kill shot. And then Cad Bane. <laughs> Although I love seeing him, I really hope the Boba kills him. <laughs> yeah, well, that was supposed to, that was like the one of the unproduced or like half produced episodes of Clone Wars, right? Was their final yes. showdown? Mm-hmm. So was I think they're since... supposed to kill Cad Bane. Mm-hmm. Back when he was a kid. But mm-hmm. good thing that didn't happen because then Cad Bane did, in fact, have her, his interactions with Fennec later mm-hmm. on. I know, right? <laughs> oh, God, they've all seen each other. I wonder if Boba, like, injured Cad Bane at some point. And it's like, he had Omega at some point. He's met Fennec. <laughs> it's all coming together. <laughs> it's all coming together. And I, I mean, overall, just wow on this whole, like, I was not expecting this, like, anything in this episode. I was not expecting it. Like, maybe, maybe we'd get a small scene with Luke and Grogu, but not this much. I mean, mm-hmm. Knowing that Filoni was directing this episode and that he co-wrote it, in the back of my mind, I had this, like, really, really small Ahsoka, like, tint going on, but I, like, dared not give in to it and hope for it, because I was like, no, mm-hmm. there's no way, like, there's no reason, there's there's no way that they're going to bring her for this, but they did. They did. <laughs> and then, yeah, Cad's debut was amazing. He looked Epic. so cool. The eyes were perfect. Yes. And amazing. Um, I Saw will admit, that hat and I was like, "That's Cad Bane." <laughs> well, that's the thing. He's he's yeah. walking out of the desert, and before you can fully see the hat, I actually had a brief moment where I thought it was going to be the Tuscan warrior yeah, to tie back same. into the previous story. But mm-hmm. then I saw the hat, and I was just like, "Nope, that oh my oh, god, it's Cad Bane! They're Cad doing Bane. it! Oh my god, they're doing it!" <laughs> he's got that stupid hat on. <laughs> uh, on the Luke front, I mean, I got to give credit where it's due. He looks so much better in this mm-hmm. than he does at the end of Mando season two. still though i'm i'm in the camp of enough like it's time to just let him go or recast him just do it the tech is certainly better but he's still kind of really stiff when he moves like there's Mm -hmm. just not he's not natural and the lips don't necessarily work properly which means you're not actually seeing him speak very often they're like cutting down away which is a choice but it's really weird when you do when you have him this much in an episode yeah very strong. I am in no way saying that I can do better, like that my tech skills are better. No, <laughs> we're just saying don't do it. <laughs> just saying, like, like you maybe you're it's doing time. a good job, but also no. Maybe maybe <laughs> it's time. I I love this episode. I I really did, but I do need to, I do need to <laughs> shout out what my brother called me the day of. He calls me and asks me if I've watched it yet, and I said, of course I have. And he said, and he goes, all right, I got to rant for a second. Nope. Don't like it. I want to punch Luke in the face. Move on. Uh, I've had enough of cute little baby Yoda. I want to get into some darker shit, <laughs> which I love Grogu. And I absolutely loved oh, yes. every second I saw him this episode, but I kind of agree. I love this idea of the criminal underworld and getting into that. And that's still the least developed plot line that they've introduced yeah. in the show. Yeah. We thought it was going to be like Which Godfather is what the finale is apparently going to circle around. Yeah, I know. Very strange. strange. I think this show needed to be two more episodes, like for to get the more criminal underbelly part. 
could be. And, you know, and I'm still holding on hope that the finale is just going to blow our freaking minds and we'll yeah. forget all about our criticisms. And mm. that, that'd be great. Um, and over like individual episodes of the show are amazing. It's just when you mm-hmm. string them together that I'm that you just start to wonder about the choices. Mm-hmm. But hey, it's all good. <laughs> it's fine. It's all right. It's still fun. <laughs> it's still absolutely fun. We are still amazed and delighted. <laughs> absolutely. All right. Let's move into our homages, Easter eggs, connections, and callbacks. Mm-hmm. All right. So the title, From the Desert Comes a Stranger. Such a good title. Love it. This has got like the big man in black vibes from both the Magnificent Seven and Westworld. Also calls to mind Clint Eastwood's Man with No Name. Lots of Western film connotations. And of course, Magnificent Seven is based on Seven Samurai, which is Akira Kurosawa. Here we go, George. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back to Samurai movies. (laughs) <laughs> also a nice little circle back to um episode one the stranger in the strange land mm-hmm. and of course the walking in from the desert one of the first lines of my favorite one of my favorite stephen king books the gunslinger is the man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed mm-hmm. this is a big trope for westerns and i do love to see it especially with who we have coming up next Absolutely. That is Mr. Cobb Vance. Timothy Oliphant is back as the marshal from his role uh, in Mandalorian at the start of season two. And -hmm. guys, it's just, it's not fair to the rest of us how handsome this guy is. No, it's it's ridiculous. (laughs) It's ridiculous how good looking he is. Oh my God. I had no idea that Mickey from Frickin' Scream 2 would be one of the heartthrobs as he got older. Like, Talk about a glow up. My God. Who? And all about glow up. Here we go. Blow up. Mm, the ice cream maker is back, not only to hold credits, but also a bomb. Thank you, freaking Pikes. It's really rude to use the Camtono in this manner. Did not like. Uh, of course, they had to take out the fucking one fun club. I know. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> I also want to say, like, one thing I've noticed in there. The people in there are dressed to the nines. I wouldn't think mm-hmm. that people on Tatooine had that kind of money to spend. Apparently, most that's why you're fine. <laughs> yeah. It's like the only place. <laughs> and getting back uh, to the uh, the Dune comps mm-hmm. here. I mean, we've discussed before, Star Wars is heavily influenced by Dune. And the spice that's in that box is pretty much exactly as it shows up in Dune literature and on screen. It, yeah, I, it, it's almost like they got it straight from Arrakis. Yeah, the <laughs> color with, is spot on. The color is spot on, complete with later on in the episode, uh, Cad Bane's description of how um, as long as they can keep moving spice, like basically the spice must flow. Yeah, it's going to flow for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, he could have used it for medicine and not drugs. I mean, he... God damn it, Cobb fan. Could have used that <laughs> Next, we have the androids. They are new, but they are constructing a hut that looks pretty similar to the one Luke will eventually occupy in Octo. This is an Octo. We don't get to know what this planet is called. It seems to be the first building in the temple we see burning in The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker flashbacks, however. And then we had a question. Is this the planet that Luke is training Leia on in Rise of Skywalker? I don't know. It, it, it seems like it probably would be. 
-hmm. I went back, I was rewatching that, that small training sequence and it doesn't look like they're in the bamboo trees. Right. In or on Dagobah. Like they're I definitely not on like... Dagobah. No. Yeah. It's but be I feel like it has to be. Uh, and next up, we said it before, R2-D2 is back <laughs> and being as cryptic as ever, he would much rather just shut straight down than answer a tough question like, where's Grogu? <laughs> yeah, he's like, no. <laughs> just like our cute little leppy droid. <laughs> it's like, I am Boba Fett. He's like, nope, where's nope. my shutdown switch? I don't want to deal with this right now. Uh, and speaking of something I don't want to deal with, Luke Skywalker... <laughs> He's back. He is looking a lot better than the last time we saw him. At first glance, I was like, holy shit, did they do it? Did they like recast him? And yeah. then I look closer and I'm like, no, they still did because I watched his lips move and his face move. I'm like, no, son of a bitch. We want him recast, please. <laughs> Just let the body double play him. He's glorious. I think it was a different, I think it was face. a different body double this time, though. It wasn't the same guy again. No, I thought it was the same guy because. He was the pilot in the last episode. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to relook it up again, but I think I saw. I saw. I think it might have been like on a Twitter thing that just said mm. that it, that it was a different body double, but could he be. should still play him. I've seen pictures of him cradling the baby Grogu puppet, and he would be just <laughs> fine. <laughs> Speaking of that guy, our little Grogu mm-hmm. is back, and he just wants mm-hmm. some snacky snacks. He does. He needs a break. Mm-hmm. And then Luke does during the scene, he kind of pulls a Yoda and shows off his skills. Instead of the X-Wing, he levitates all of the frogs as like mm-hmm. a show off of this is what you can do if you master your powers. <laughs> you can have Fair. all the snacks. Yeah, showing him that he can eat. <laughs> Always good when teaching children. <laughs> and then we get a freaking full Yoda monologue. Luke remi- finally reminds Grogu of the Jedi Grandmaster, like Yes, of course he does. They're like identical. We have to wonder what sort of contact Yoga had with Grogu during his time at the temple. I would assume a lot. I would because think a decent amount. Are just not very common. Or I maybe mean, Yaddle hung out with him more because she, I mean, they were both on the council, so they were both busy. I mean, it brings the question who's Grogu's parents? <laughs> Who are the parents? Was yeah, Yoda- if I mean if Yoda was the father, then I don't. If Yoda's think the father and he's just getting after it at seven hundred and fifty. <laughs> Get after it, Yoda. I mean, we've seen him in the High Republic. He's much more spirited. <laughs> in the High Republic. <laughs> and then we get uh, we get that flashback. That uh, absolutely thing. The Order sixty six yeah. flashback in the Jedi Temple, complete with the five hundred and first Legion, who will eventually become known as Vader's fist. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people have noticed that the on either side of the doors is the crest that was previously um, associated with Barriss Afi, Ahsoka Tano's Jedi Padawan friend who framed her for bombing the Jedi Temple and then got arrested, sparking questions of who saved Baby Yoda, who saved Grogu from the Ooh. temple. If it's Barris Afi, I will die. <laughs> I don't I don't buy into this personally. I don't for, for a couple of reasons. Number one, the fact that the crest was on two different doors, which tells me mm-hmm. it's just we're just in the dormitory war- right. wing. Mm-hmm. And Might be a num- Mirialon crest yeah, too. Could be a Mirialon crest. And personally, I'm still sticking with my theory that Barris Afi ended up becoming an inquisitor. 
I like that idea a lot. <laughs> I would also like to see Barris Oppie in the Ahsoka show. Please, Dave Filoni. Thank you. <laughs> Speaking of Ahsoka, here we go. We love her so much. Filoni's baby returns, confirming that she is in contact with Luke, at least at this time. She's an old friend of the family. <laughs> Credit to Filoni, though, for resisting her calling R2, R2E. Please, no. <laughs> I do love that she like put her hand gently on his yeah. head. They're such good great. friends. And Rosario Dawson, I think she did a really good job. People are complaining, of course, online because what else do they do that her performance isn't as good as it could be? And I'm like, well, I think she's doing a good job. I think she's doing a pretty damn good job. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, she's not Ash- she's show. not Ashley Eckstein, but mm-hmm. there's there are reasons for that. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think she's doing well, and mm-hmm. we'll get to see her kind of full range, I think, in her own show. Yeah. Next up, we have that nice little, uh, <laughs> nice little mention from, from Ahsoka that there's no place in the galaxy safer than with Luke. And considering what we know eventually happens at this school, um, is this school the safest place? Yeah, in Legends, it's not that safe either. No, no safer place than Hogwarts, everyone. We're going to throw that out there for Flo. <laughs> oh, man. That line, I was like, please leave, Grogu. Get out now. <laughs> this is not going to end well. Grogu riding on Luke's back. Adorable. That part was very cute. And the training montage, all in reference to Empire Strikes Back, complete with the don't try do. Wah. Can't we go back to Rebels and hear Kanan and Ezra talking about that <laughs> Luke, I think, had the right sentiment with it, though. Yes, his was at least less cryptic. Yeah. Next up, all right, so Grogu is finally getting better. He's learning to jump, and then he does what I'm convinced is a Karate Kid a little homage, where he's doing, like, the one-footed thing on the the stock. Yeah. Yeah. So cute. Yeah, he's learning the crane. He's learning the crane technique. His little jumps before he uses the force, though. Oh my god! Oh, those are adorable. (laughs) And also, I mean, his arms are not long enough to do the handstands that Luke had to do. Right. This is very true. He has to do his own little training instead. Oh, speaking of that, I was about to kill Luke when this happened. The training remote from A New Hope. Mm. Grogu just wants to play with the ball, but Luke activates it and it shoots at Grogu. (laughs) Unacceptable. (laughs) Especially because Grogu doesn't have a lightsaber. He has no lightsaber. He and he's like, "What the hell just happened? Did my teacher just burn me?" But he does get better at dodging. I will say the way he ultimately takes it down was a little bit more Vader esque. Like he yeah. basically like crushes it, force wise, and rips it down <laughs> like a soda can. <laughs> Good job, buddy. Yes. <laughs> Next up, we have this line from Ahsoka, sometimes the student guides the master. So the best pairings of Jedi Padawan we've seen always have some sense of this, where they learn from each other, not Mm -hmm. just teacher teaching student. Kanan and Ezra, you know, Mm -hmm. Kanan makes mention of how much Ezra is teaching him. Obi-Wan was definitely learning from Anakin. Anakin was learning from Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. All the best pairs do this. Mm -hmm. Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. Qui-Gon and Obi. Yeah. Oh, this one got me. This one got me, folks. So much like your father. <laughs> oh, Ahsoka says this to Luke, like, oh my God. <laughs> what parts of Luke remind you of Anakin? Because that's alarming. Is Ahsoka sensing Anakin's doubtful side here in Luke? 
like that his balance might be a little off. I don't know, because she says it. So he mentions that he's wondering if Grogu's heart is in it. And that's when she says the line. And it's a big, I think it's a big question right now. (laughs) Is Luke's heart in it? Is this, is this Luke downing himself that she's sensing? Or is this Luke downing Grogu that she's sensing? Right. Or is it just a general negative attitude? It's like a feedback loop. (laughs) (laughs) And then she's like, bye, (laughs) I'm out. It's like, stop that. Stop leaving. Just like Yoda. I'd be like, no, peace. I'm going to die now. (laughs) <laughs> she's uh, like i have walked through time i don't have time for this exactly mm-hmm. <laughs> all right well next up yeah we see the crate dragon again again flo's favorite mm-hmm. <laughs> and is mm-hmm. quite the hood ornament on this oh jabba crawler <laughs> so giant skull of a crate dragon <laughs> and then inside the freetown cantina you can see the rib cage mm-hmm that was wild, wild shit. When the freaking crawler went across the sand, it's like, wow, my God. Next, we have JJ Dashna plays that stupid fucking deputy. <laughs> oh, he is a body double and stunt double for Boba Fett on the series. So, really cool that we did get to see him on other faces. But, oh my God, dude, read the room. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's trying to be all tough when he goes up to Din. He's like, no, you got to park farther away. <laughs> Yeah, right. Like, and Dan's like, what? Here's my keys. Why don't you go park it yourself? <laughs> Are you the valet? <laughs> I know I'm the deputy. <laughs> wow. Uh, next mm-hmm. up, again, the city of Mospelgo is now being referred to as Freetown. Uh, it has been changed or possibly changed back. Not really sure. So in the Aftermath trilogy, where Cobb Vanth was originally introduced, the town he was the marshal of is referred to as Freetown. So confirming that this is, in fact, the same place. Mm-hmm. And then we have in Freetown, W. Earl Brown returns as the Weekway bartender. Still not getting a name, <laughs> we noticed. He was last seen in the Marshall in The Mandalorian. It was good to see him again. I do like him. Absolutely. It was great. Next we have, this was the line that made me just like <laughs> head to hand. Mm. Like... Kavanth has the line, as long as I'm here, that's not a problem. Like, geez, Cobb, just buy a speeder called the Live Forever and be one day from retirement. Why don't you? He's just, he must be unsinkable. Yep. I'm sitting there to New York just yeah. fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm just sitting there being like, oh, cool. Cobb Vanth this year, this is great. And he's like, hey, as long as I'm alive, this isn't going to be a problem. Shit. Mm-hmm. God damn it. <laughs> You're a really good shot, but Cad Bane. Oh, he's back. Complete with the dramatic walk-in from the desert, he pretty much is the best shot in the galaxy. This bounty hunter is originally from the Clone Wars series, but he's also been seen in the Bad Batch, which was amazing. He has history with Jango Fett, Boba Fett, and Fennec Shan, and Omega, of course. He is voiced by Corey Burton in live action as well as an animated form, which I love. I was I like, yeah, that part. it's his voice. It's totally his voice. Love Absolutely. It. And I also want to add, uh, I think I texted you guys this at some mm-hmm. point, like right after the episode. I was, I was like, you know, Cobb Vanth has rocket boots. He has like <laughs> levitating flying boots that he can like Iron Man fly in, which means he did that slow walk from the desert purely for dramatic effect. Yeah. Yeah. Freaking Cad Bane is all about the drama. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. 
I do like that he tried to talk to him, though. Like, they obviously don't want to make too many waves. Yeah, they don't want to drop tattooing. more bodies than they have to. You got you to gotta burn them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're in the desert. <laughs> you have to burn the bodies. Uh, next up, we we mentioned this at the top. This is a very classic kind of Western standoff mm-hmm. shootout here with the two. You have the lawman and the outlaw both ready to draw. And of course, again, the deputy fucks it up. God damn it. <laughs> always. Deputy always does. Usually the movie starts with like the deputy having his new little shiny star and he's like spit polishing it on his shirt. He's like, look, I'm a deputy. And you're like, he's going to die. <laughs> we immediately know he's going to die. Next, we have the Mithril shirt. Ah, we know what Din had made for Grogu finally, and it's adorable. This shirt is pretty clear homage to the shirt that Frodo and Bilbo have during the Hobbit Lord of the Rings series. Oh my god, it was so cute and so small. <laughs> it's going to fit him perfectly. I know. Once again, Grogu, pick the shirt. <laughs> pick the shirt. Or maybe, maybe do both and pick that lightsaber. So we get Yoda's lightsaber. Maybe his second one. I think a few people have brought this up in the last week or so. So in Revenge of the Sith, we see that Yoda leaves his lightsaber behind after his duel with Palpatine. He loses it in the Senate chamber. And then in the comics, we do see Masameda destroy it. He actually throws it into like an incinerator. Mm-hmm. But it's probably just as likely that later on, on Dagobah, at some point in the future, he made a new one or he had a spare somewhere. Yeah. He does. crystal. Or at least a spare crystal at some point in, I think it's in the, um, from a certain point of view, when we get Yoda's chapter, uh, he mentions that he doesn't have his treasured lightsaber. So, okay, after that, um, I mean, I just say, yeah, at some point he got another one or he had an unfinished one that Luke found and finished or whatever it may be. Don't sweat the small stuff when it comes to this. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's always a way to find another lightsaber. Also, Yoda uses a child size saber. Yeah. So before he left, he could have grabbed one of the training sabers, like the kid lightsabers. He could have. Mm-hmm. Totally in the realm of possibility. Yeah. It's not Last the first week, time. It's not the yeah. first time that we've seen any small details like this. Like, I think, especially when the final season of Clone Wars came out, we noticed some inconsistencies with Ahsoka's novel and like yeah. her memory of events. And it's just like, they're not going to sweat the small details like that. They're going to do what's good for the story in the present and yep. just roll with it. <laughs> Which I'm glad they did because the duel with Maul in the Clone Wars is much better than was in the novel. Yeah. Because the author didn't really know what they were going to be doing with Maul and Ahsoka at that point. Lastly, we have Grogu's choice. Like we said before, this is one of the like classic examples of the young character who has to make a choice about their future path. It's just like two roads diverged in a wood. Oh my. <laughs> and like we said, Avatar The Last Airbender is probably the most prevalent example, but it can also be like kind of sword in the stone situation where Arthur has two choices. He can either take the sword from the stone and become king or he can stay as he is. It's like there's always some epic choice before the journey begins. Mm-hmm. And it usually involves a weapon of some kind. So I'm not surprised that it's a lightsaber, which is technically Jedi supposed to be used for defense, but it's an offensive weapon, like let's be fair. Whereas the shirt is definitely a defensive Mandalorian armor situation. Mm-hmm. And we know the armor was going on and on about the spear being anti-Mandalorian because it was made of Beskar as a weapon. 
So I don't know what girl was going to pick, but I picked the shirt. Go mm. see your dad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we're going to move into our questions and predictions. Any questions we have coming out of the episode, what we think is going to happen next, and what do we want to happen next? So I'm going back and forth on this. I really, because I think only one of them can ultimately survive this episode, either Garza Flip or Cobb Vanth. And after yeah. my rewatch, I'm pretty sure it's Cobb. Like he got clipped in the shoulder yeah. opposite his heart. So chances are he's going to, he's going to survive this. I will throw it out there though. I just think it would be absolutely amazing if Garza Flip survives this explosion and she's super scarred and super burned. You can actually mm-hmm. see in this episode, she does have a scar kind of on her chest. It's yeah. the first time we've really seen that part of her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she comes out of it and goes on like a revenge murder spray, thus giving us the lady, the lady Stoneheart plotline that we were deprived of in Game of Thrones. That would be amazing. I'm totally here for yes. it. But Ooh. based on some interviews I read with Jennifer Beals, where they talk about the season, she's she does throw in like the never say never, but she's pretty definitive on no, Garce is dead, <laughs> and she's I not know. gonna she's not coming back. <laughs> Which, Which is sucks, sad. It sucks. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> I love her so much. Yeah. Uh, next up, I'm the big question here is what choices Grogu going to make? And my question is actually, what are Luke's motivations here? Is the mm-hmm. choice that he's giving Grogu more than it seems on the surface? Mm-hmm. Because at one time, at one hand, it would make total sense in a reality kind of standpoint for Luke to kind of fall into the trap that a lot of people who find themselves suddenly in positions of power or authority find themselves in. Like Mm -hmm. they got there by doing things differently, but once they're actually in the seat, the only examples they have to follow are the people that came before them. So they fall into the same tropes. So even though Luke got to where he is by forging his own path and kind of using his attachments using his love for his father to save the galaxy despite the fact that the jedi say you can't do that Mm -hmm. it would make sense for him to actually kind of suddenly be the teacher and be like oh no um what did yoda say yeah you have to choose one of these two Mm -hmm. or he's learning from his experiences and he's what he really wants is for grogu to do what he did see through this false binary and find and forge your own third path which would be great, which means we could see Grogu riding in on some kind of creature, wearing the mithril shirt, hoisting the lightsaber, and just being like, yeah, <laughs> into, the, into the finale. Oh, I really hope that that is what Luke is doing here. I mean, at least he's giving Grogu a choice because most of the kids that were quote unquote recruited to the Jedi Temple did not get a mm-hmm. choice because most a lot of them were babies or toddlers. I do like that he has some semblance of a choice here. I am hoping that Luke kind of breaks away from the whole tradition thing. Can't he just like take a break, like take a holiday, go find Mara Jade and like get married and stuff? It could be. <laughs> so the other piece to this is actually, I think, is it's unspoken here. And it you have to actually kind of think about it to really plant yourself in the timeline is the Leia piece. Because mm-hmm. at this point, I'm pretty sure he has trained Leia. And yeah. Leia has left. She decided to choose her family and leave. Yeah. Because she had whatever feelings about what was going to happen to her son or whatever. She put down her saber. 
Yeah. And she's done being a Jedi. So it could be Luke is like, oh, maybe you, maybe I was a fluke. Maybe you do need to make that, make that choice. And if you do, right. you commit to it. It could be possible. Lots of interesting things could happen. Mm-hmm. Well, given how this episode ends, the fact that we end on Grogu, like kind of doing this choice thing, I feel like he's got to show up in the finale. Like we have to get yeah. the payoff from that. Mm-hmm. I would it would it have been nice to kind of leave that for Mandalorian season three? In my opinion, yeah, maybe, but okay. Can we wait until to November, December? <laughs> yeah. Well, my other question about it would be, will it be in time for the fight or could this be just part of like a post-credits tease? I'm convincing myself and I need to like temper down my expectations that this is actually going to happen. But my mm-hmm. my main theory here is that like the post-credit tease will be Ahsoka bringing Grogu back to Tatooine, handing him over to Din, and then she is leaving Tatooine and Carson Tiva and Max Lloyd Jones's character, the pilot, stop her as their like traffic stop thing and mm-hmm. she asks about getting to Lothal which would confirm that those are the two X-Wing pilots escorting her during the Rebels epilogue <laughs> as she goes to get Sabine <laughs> setting up a teaser for her show and I think that that would just be perfect and I want it and I want to will this into existence but I have to temper my expectations <laughs> yeah I, I, I want it to happen <laughs> Uh, if they drop Lothal, I will be so excited. Everyone, I have a like print on my nerd wall that is like a travel poster for Lothal. <laughs> so, <laughs> needless to say, I will be very excited if they bring up Lothal. Who? Okay, for me, this is like a lead-in for Mando season three for sure. Like, if it's not, why did we spend as much time without Boba and Fennec in these last episodes? like I want them to be in Mando season three though if we mm-hmm. got none of them basically in these last two episodes I really hope that they go over into the next show because I want to hang out with them more they're really fun characters they have a great rapport the actors are great like bring them into Mando season three please mm-hmm. I'd love to see more of like Boba's existential crisis about whether he can consider himself a Mandalorian or if he even cares if he is I'd like to see more of that. And what better way to do that than with Din also struggling with his Mandalorian identity? Totally would love that. I think we've already talked enough about what Grogu will choose, but I hope that it's like a new way for the Jedi, like embracing what Kanan and Ezra had in Rebels. Like you can succeed and thrive as a Jedi with emotional attachments. I would love, like you said, choose middle ground and be like, no, I'm having both. I can live in both worlds and be fine. Because Kanan and Ezra, as far I mean, we know Kanan was fine until he died. And Ezra, as far <laughs> as we know, was fine with like having emotional attachments. They did their duty and were great Jedi. And since Filoni created that show, you'd think he has this concept in his back pocket, like the old school versus the new school. And hopefully Luke will embrace more of a new school attitude. We haven't seen Could much be. of that except for when he almost struck down his own nephew (laughs) or at least thought about it we'll we'll have to see how that goes i don't know i'm wondering what ezra's emotional attachments are like when he's been stranded in part of the in a random part of the galaxy with thrawn for a few years (laughs) (laughs) 
he gets emotionally attached to Thrawn, let's be fair. He's a Hufflepuff. He gets emotionally attached to everything. Even Thrawn, who is like this cold, really cold person, who actually has very warm like tendencies. He's just kind of shut them off for a really long time. I, I want to see them so badly. Speaking of Thrawn, is Ahsoka heading off for some Thrawn hunting, perhaps, at the end of this? Is she going to find Sabine? She doesn't have white robes yet, so it's not maybe not quite time for her to go she needs that staff too yes and she needs the staff like we need to do a little bit more dot connecting but i can see her asking about lothal and then maybe part of her journey to find sabine gets her to a place where she like has to commune with a force ghost and they're like i think you're ready to become a soak of the white now and she's like okay (laughs) love it would love that for her Din apparently knew this was Luke Skywalker the whole time. Is that what we're supposed to believe? I don't think so. Because he, he says Skywalker, and it's like, how do you know that? Because you didn't ask him his name when he took Grogu. No, but the <laughs> others seemed to kind of know who he was. Oh, I'm sure, yeah, they probably told him. We're like, oh, yeah. yeah, that's Luke Skywalker. We're just kind of missing that scene or the explanation as to how he knew. But yes, we can probably believe that Bo- either Bo-Katan or somebody in the crew was like, whoa, that's motherfucking Luke Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> He's a Jedi. Jen's like, oh no. And then who the fuck saved Grogu from the temple? We don't know whether he was saved or kidnapped or what. <laughs> we have no idea. Still. I don't know. So one thing I did notice on rewatch of that scene is also, so the troopers like mow down the three Jedi protecting him. Mm-hmm. And then they don't just immediately turn their guns and shoot him. They look like they are moving towards him which could be a signal about who got him out of the temple. If it was a rescue or if it was an abduction, I don't know. Cause then at some point he would have to fall out of Imperial hands right. for the Imperial remnant to like want him back. Mm-hmm. Cause we still don't know. We still don't know to this day who was guarding him, who didn't got him from in the first place. Right. We don't know we who those no people idea. were. We don't know anything. Everyone. <laughs> We don't know. We don't know anything. No, we Ugh. know nothing. Frustration. Yes. All right. Well, I think that is going to wrap it up for us today. Thank you guys for joining us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at YASWPod. Follow us wherever you're getting your podcasts. Hit that follow button. Check out all of our previous episodes on the main Star Wars films and Star Wars Visions. Check out all the offerings in the Forgotten Entertainment family at ForgottenEntertainment.com. You can find Colleen and I in the Bohemian Geek Studies podcast. We recently wrapped up a rewatch on Star Wars Rebels. You can also find Colleen's Star Wars book reviews on BohemianGeekStudies.com. And join us next time when we will take a look at the final chapter in season one of the Book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Until then, pick the shirt, Grogu. Just pick the damn <laughs> shirt. Pick the shirt. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>